You're listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org. I'm going to talk to you. We're going to look at uh, a few verses of scripture this morning. I'm going to ask you to turn over to Psalm 105 to begin. We're going to look at a number of verses there and then some others. Uh, and you might want to take some notes, write some things down as whatever might uh, strike you, unless that's the person sitting next to you. You don't need to write that down. But so, uh, you know, we, we usually, we like to take this time just to look into uh, what the scripture has to say around this subject. And today, again, I want to talk to you about the idea of testimony because, and we are, we're going to, after this, whoever wants to, you don't have to feel pressured uh, but whoever wants to, we're going to get up and individually just share some of the things that God has done. Okay, number one. Number two, just things that we're thankful for and um, see some of what God is doing in our lives. So a testimony. We're going to, you know, a lot of times when we think about testimony, when we think about that word, for a lot of us, we grew up and that word was only used to describe telling people about how we got saved. And certainly that's a part of our testimony, finding out, you know, what our life was like, how we came to know the Lord and what he has done. I mean, that, that is our testimony. But the word in the scripture, and especially throughout the Old Testament, it refers to a lot more than that. And in a broad sense, a testimony is any spoken or written record of what God has done and what he has said, really, and what he has done. And in the Old Testament, you know, the, the Ark of the Covenant that was in the tabernacle and in the temple that held the Ten Commandments, the Ten Commandments, those tablets themselves were, were called the testimony because, and the reason for that is because those commandments, we've sort of turned them into a list of do's and don'ts. And while they certainly are commandments, the really important thing about those commandments is that each one reflects a part of God's nature. And so when we see something, an instruction or a command that God gives, we should always think about what does that mean about who he is? Because what he says and the commands that he gives always pour out of who he is. He, he can't do anything that's not in line with his nature because that would be a lie. That would be acting contrary to his nature. And God doesn't do that. He can't do that. So we can always look at those things and, and see who God is also. So, so those Ten Commandments uh, and the tablets, that was called the testimony. The ark, which was a wooden box covered with gold that, that, they, uh, that held those, those things and some other things, that was called the ark of the covenant or the ark of the testimony. The, the, uh, the first of all, the uh, tabernacle, the tent structure that they set up in the wilderness was called the tabernacle of the testimony. The temple was a place of testimony. All of it spoke of God and who he is. For us, we need to expand our thinking about what testimony is and understand, uh, well, we'll get into some things that we need to understand, but, but we need to keep track of the fact that it's, it's any spoken or written record of what God has done. And, and in many cases, what he has said to us. So if you found uh, Psalm 105, I'm going to start with verse 1. We're going to look at about eight verses here. And I'm reading from the Amplified Bible, and, and I just want us to break this down a little bit. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. So there it is, give thanks. All right, so we're talking about coming with that attitude of gratitude, okay? Give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Notice this, make known his doings among the people. All right, so here are these ideas coupled together right away. Give thanks to the Lord, pray, call upon his name, right? Make known his doings among the people. You can't do that unless you remember what his doings have been, okay? So that's an important thing for us. It says, sing to him, sing praises to him. And I think you can see how all these ideas are tied together. Meditate on and talk of all his marvelous deeds, and devoutly praise him. That's really good. Meditate on and talk of all his marvelous deeds. 
Okay, that doesn't just happen on Sunday morning. That's a lifestyle. That's something that our homes should be filled up, especially, I mean, all of us, but especially if you're raising kids. They need, to, they need to know, meditate on. If you meditate on, if you think on and revolve in the mind what God has done, it'll be real easy to talk about. Okay, it'll be real, it will come out of your mouth automatically. All of his marvelous deeds. And actually that, that word marvelous from the Hebrew, it speaks of something that, that puts us in a state of wonder. It amazes us. It's just amazing that God did this, or it's amazing that God is like this. It touches our heart in that way, and we're supposed to talk about those things. And devoutly, oh, I'm sorry, and I read that wrong. This is what really caught my attention in the beginning when I started looking at this psalm. And devoutly praise them. Devoutly praise them, his marvelous deeds. Isn't that interesting? I mean, to me, you know, we could get real hung up on, on, I don't want to just praise what God has done. I would need to praise who God is, right? And I mean, there's some truth to that. But don't get stuck on that. The two are not separate. The two are not distinct from each other. If our heart's in the right place, then to think on those marvelous deeds and to talk of them and to praise them, we're going to praise him. Because he did them. They're, they're so, and I think the thing about this is that those two ideas, what God does and who God is, should be one thing in our mind. And again, part of the reason for that is because what God does is always a sign pointing to who he is. And that's, that's so important about testimony. It's so important for us, even as we stand and just share things, might be real simple things that God has done in our lives. We need to think about, yeah, and that means... God is this. God, you know, I, I had this need and the Lord provided for it. Why is that? Because he is the provider. It's who he is. He's identified himself in that way. All right. And it goes on. It says, glory in his holy name and let the hearts of those rejoice who seek and require the Lord, get this, as their indispensable necessity. I love that. That's why I like the Amplified Bible. As they're indispensable, we seek and require the Lord as their indispensable necessity. And, and so we're to glory in his holy name. His name always speaks of who he is, God's name. And, and throughout the Old Testament, God identified himself over and over to Israel in a series of names that spoke of who he was. He identified himself as shepherd, as peace, as deliverer, as strengthener, as uh, provider, as healer. And so those things, and there are many others, those things are not just something God does, they are who he is. And he does things because of who he is. This makes sense to you? Glory in his name, let the hearts of those rejoice who seek and require the Lord as their indispensable necessity. So the term rejoice means to allow joy to dominate your thoughts and outlook. Okay, that sometimes takes some discipline. It takes lifting up our eyes because we all have stuff going on that we're not happy about. We do. You guys realize we're on earth, not in heaven, right? We're, we're here now. Okay, that means we're going to have battles. There are going to be things that happen that we don't understand. There are going to be things that happen that are downright evil. There are things that are going to happen that are not just and not perfect because this is earth, not heaven. Okay, so God's perfect will is not being seen on earth. He, he didn't micromanage the planet to where everything that is his will is already being done on earth. That's called heaven. That's called later on, okay? So right now we have battles to fight and things that happen. We need to know how to stand in the word. We need to know how to fight a battle. We also need to know how to just stand through certain things. We need to do all of those things. And, and so we need to allow joy to dominate our thoughts and our outlook. And it, it means to allow joy to overflow through your countenance, Sometimes we remind, have to remind our face that we're joyful, okay? And your words and your disposition. And God's not asking us to fake everything here, okay? I don't, I don't think God likes that fake Christian thing any more than the rest of us do. I think God wants to transform our hearts as we spend time with him to where 
the joy of who he is and, and what he's done and what he will do, all of that overpowers the things that are going on around us, whatever they may be. Okay, so we want to allow joy to flow through all of that. This word also means to gloat, to brag about the goodness of God, and through rejoicing, cause others to rejoice. It's, it's so much better to be around people that are saying something positive, even in the face of negative things. They're declaring something positive. And again, they're not faking it. It's who, it's who the Lord is. It's what he has promised. Okay? Joy is the result of pressing into an ever-increasing personal knowledge of the Lord. And we get to do that for our whole lives. Verse 4 says, Seek, inquire of and for the Lord, and crave him and his strength. Crave him and his strength. I had a conversation with somebody recently who was um, nervous about the idea of talking about the power of God. And I'm not quite sure yet we're still talking. But, but just the way this person was raised and, you know, that kind of thing. They, were, they felt like, no, we should just worship God for who he is. And we shouldn't, we shouldn't be in, involved or, or pressing into anything about his, a release of his power. Uh, and I think that person, and again, I'm assuming something here. I think that, that guy loves the Lord, by the way. Uh, I think that person would readily accept an idea of God's power working inwardly. But talking about God's power working out, the Holy Spirit flowing through us, it's kind of nervous about that. So we're working on that. But, uh, but this says, crave him and his strength, his might and inflexibility to temptation. Seek and require his face, which is his presence, continually forevermore. So again, there's no disconnect between craving God for who he is and craving the manifestation of his strength and power in our lives and in the lives of others. There's definite, I mean, that's, that's our assignment in the earth, really. So this word strength in this case means God's active redeeming power, and it's used of his display of power in delivering uh, Israel in, in Exodus, in the Exodus. Okay, it's, so, so what was that like? Well, he, he dealt with their enemies, he picked them up and supplied their needs. He moved them in a supernatural way. He took them to the Red Sea. He went behind them as their enemies approached and became their rear guard. And the, and the sea was open and they walked across on dry land and, and moved on from there. So that it's, it's that display of strength that defeats your enemies and moves you into something else, delivers you and redeems you. And it says that we should... Uh, you know, we see in that God's faithfulness. We see that he doesn't change. We see all kinds of things about him in that, all right? And um, so it says that we should crave that. We should crave to know that, all right? Um, verse 5 says, earnestly remember the marvelous deeds. Again, there's that word marvelous that he has done. His miracles, I like this, his miracles and wonders. We're always good with that. And his judgments, isn't that cool? Earnestly remember the marvelous deeds, the deeds of wonder that he has done. And in that is included miracles, wonders, and judgments. Okay? The sentences which he pronounced, and the Amplified adds, upon his enemies as in Egypt. That's added at the, it's in brackets, it's added at the discretion. It's a much bigger idea than that. Okay? He's saying, earnestly remember and recount his miracles and his judgments. Okay, that word judgments means God's legal decrees regarding life and blessing, death and cursing. In other words, God has told us what, what to seek after, right? He, he has said, I'm laying out before you life and death, blessing and cursing, choose life, right? And, and so as he does that, God has declared a framework that produces the abundant life that Jesus Christ came to give us, all right? His moral standards are not just to restrain us. They are, to, they are there to produce, they produce life. Living God's way produces life. Living apart from God's way produces death. It produces bad things, not just dying, but, but negative things. His judgments, his, what he has declared to be true 
It's a pathway into abundant life and blessing and the things that God has for us. So, so in that context, we need to earnestly remember the stuff he's done, the wonderful things he's done, but also his word, also his instructions. And they're on equal ground in this verse. I thought that was really cool. And then in verse 6, it says, O you offspring of Abraham, his servant, and you children of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments, okay, in other words, his word, what he declares to be life, okay, it, it says are in all the earth. In other words, they work in every generation. They work in every culture. They work in every time. When you hear this stuff, and I understand people are just confused. I understand. They just don't know. But you hear this stuff about, oh, you know, the word of God, his instructions about life. Oh, those are past. That's old school. That's, you know, no, they're timeless. Truth doesn't change. Truth doesn't change to meet cultural norms. Truth is truth. If it changed every time the culture changes, that's not truth. Okay. So this whole idea of my truth, you have your truth, all that relativism junk, uh, is just out the window. His, his judgments, they're in all the earth. His, his laws, his personal instructions to us, they reflect his love and his desire for us to experience life. And they're true for everybody, everywhere. All right. Verse eight, it says, he is earnestly mindful of his covenant and forever it is imprinted on his heart the covenant that he's made with us, the promises, the commitments that he's made for us is written in his own blood, in the blood of Jesus Christ for us. Those things are imprinted on his heart, the word which he commanded and established to a thousand generations. That's really encouraging. It didn't pass away. What, what the scripture says, all the way through. What the scripture says, my, my current, you know, just the example that comes to mind is what it says in the book of Acts, what it says about the power of God, about the, the Holy Spirit coming upon us and empowering our lives. It didn't pass away when the last apostle died. I mean, there's no evidence of that. And I know some of you may have been taught that. Find it in the scripture. We'll wait, okay? Show me where that happened. Show it to me in church history. Never once has it happened. There have been, what happens is, movements of the Spirit of God rise up in the earth and then usually we mess them up. And, and so we maybe go into a time where we're not seeing uh, the Spirit of God move the way he says he'll move in the scripture, but it's always happening somewhere else in the earth. He doesn't change, okay? He doesn't change. All right, so a couple more scriptures that I want to look at this morning. Psalm 119, 111. If you would look there with me, Psalm 119, 111, again from the Amplified Bible. Psalm 119, big, long chapter in your Bible. Uh, verse 111, it says, Your testimonies, God, okay, your testimonies, the Lord's testimonies, have I taken as a heritage, that word means inheritance, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. So what are God's testimonies? God's testimonies, again, are the, are the written or spoken record of everything he's ever done. So think about this with me. The psalmist here is saying, God, your testimonies, everything that I can see, hear, read that you have done, I, this, is a, this is something we have to grab hold of. I have taken as a heritage or an inheritance forever. What does that mean? It means what God has done, even if he's never done it in your life. What he has done belongs to you. Everything he has done belongs to you. It's your, it's your heritage. We think of it in those terms. We think of our background. We think of those who have gone before us. You know, I read through the book of Hebrews, and there's a lot about that. You know, when it talks about the Old Testament saints and them living by faith. It's, the reason for that is because it's an encouragement for us to live the same way. Okay, so whatever God has done, whatever Jesus did, it belongs to you. You can take hold of it as your heritage and your inheritance. It belongs to you. If, if you've never experienced physical healing in your life, 
But you can see in the Bible that Jesus healed person after person after person. And you can look back beyond that and you can say, you can see God the Father declare himself to be Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God, your healer. And he doesn't say, I'm the Lord God who heals you sometimes. He says, I am, my identity is, I am the Lord God, your healer. I'm your provider. I'm your victory banner. I'm your shepherd. I'm your peace. All these different things. All right. That's your heritage. And it's up to us. The psalmist makes a strong statement. Have I taken as a heritage? So it's not good enough just to know that's a principle. This is a responsibility for us. Take those things as your heritage. When you read about them in the scripture, stop and think that is my heritage. That is my inheritance. The Lord is that same thing in my life. All right. So we need to take personal possession of that. So as we listen to testimonies here in a few minutes, this is why testimonies should always, we should always respond to testimony with hope. We should never respond to testimony with jealousy or discouragement because, well, God, you did it in their life. How come? Why not me? And I'm telling you, I'm not, I shouldn't, um, I'm not putting anybody down in that. I think the devil uses that. I think he uses that to say, you're not as good. See, God really loves them. And it's probably because of something they have done. When we know that everything that we get from God comes by grace, not by works. Okay, But you can very easily get caught up into that. And, and it happens all the time. People get caught up in that and they say, why me or why not me? Right? What, what these scriptures are telling us is, no, when I hear a testimony about what God has done, that belongs to me. That belongs to me. I may not have seen it yet. I, you know, I mean, for years and years and years, uh, you know, we had, I mean, we didn't know what it was, but we had a, somewhat of an inheritance from our parents. You know, in our case, it, you know, it wasn't a lot as far as, you know, the way things go on the earth. But, but anyway, we had an inheritance. We had a huge inheritance in their lifestyle of integrity and responsibility and things that were poured into us by our parents. And that was huge. But I mean, even a, even a financial inheritance, you know, and, and well, we didn't see it. We didn't know it until it came, right? That's the way inheritance is. But once it comes, it's yours, okay? So we can realize, I have this inheritance. It's in the spirit realm. He has done this for me. Jesus has bequeathed all of these things to me by grace, and I receive them through faith, right? And it's, and it's signed in blood. The whole thing is signed in blood. It's legally done. The devil has no business in it. So when you hear somebody else give a testimony, you take that. If it points to who God is, then you take that as it, it belongs to you too, okay? And if anybody's testimony brings up anything other than hope in your heart, if you feel some of those other things, okay, we can all do that. We can all get jealous. We can all get discouraged. We can all lose hope. We can all say, why me? Okay, so if you feel that coming up in your heart, I'll give you a clue right here. God already knows it's there. Okay, so don't try and just pretend. Say, hey, God, I don't want to respond like that. Take this rock out of my heart because it's blocking the roots from going down from your word. It's, it's a stone, it's stony ground in me. And I didn't even know it was there, but here it is, Lord, I trust you to dig that out and take it out. And he will, he will. And we should always be honest with God. He, he already knows what's going on. You know, uh, it's, it's, there's somewhat pointless to try and hide things from the Lord. Okay. So every, and again, we said this, every testimony of what God has done, it points to who he is. And, and that's really important. The reason for that God can't lie or deceive because his words, his actions, and his nature are all one. They're all one. We always have to remember that, okay? Um, and let me just say this real quickly. We just have one, well, two more verses to look at. Ooh, we're running out of time. I better not do that. Well, I got to say this one. Being grounded, maybe we'll talk about this sometime a little more extensively. Being grounded in God's nature, who he is, one of the most important things you can do in your life. It's been, we, can, we listed the other day a group of five or six truths that for us have absolutely changed our lives. And that was one of the ones I was really thankful for that we were taught 
This is God's nature and it doesn't change because there's a lot of misinformation out there about the nature of God. So just leave that with you. Um, again, two principles we look at, and I'll just wrap this up. Hebrews 13.8 and several other places say, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. All right, so that's important. It means he is the same. He doesn't change. So what he's done in the past, he'll do again. All right, what he's, and, and then in Acts 10.34 uh, and some other places, uh, it says, Peter says this, it says, I perceive and understand that God shows no partiality and he is no respecter of persons. Okay, so you couple those two things together. God doesn't change. So what he's done in the past, he'll do again. What, remember we said that the word testimony from the Old Testament, actually the root word means to do again. Okay, what he's done in the past, he'll do again. He, he is uh, no respecter of persons. So what he's done for another, he'll do for you. Okay. And I realize sometimes, you know, we have more difficulty sometimes receiving something that maybe than somebody else did. But, but again, we put all that in the context of who God is, who he's shown himself to be, what he does. Okay. Did you get anything out of that? All right, we need to share some testimonies. So um, I will, I'm going to start. I'm going to share one quick one. Uh, I had three that I could think of, and I can't do all those. Um, so, and then uh, we'll invite people to come up and share with us. And I'll ask you to come up and um, see if I can turn the microphone on. And come right up here and take the microphone and put it right in front of your mouth so we can hear you. And uh, I just keep shutting this thing back off. I'm just trying to mute it there. Um, so one quick thing I'll share. I know Karen already talked about uh, the thing that happened. And I don't know if all of you were here, but I, I won't go back through it right now, maybe some other time. But when I was going in for, uh, to have that hip replaced and my blood pressure went real high and everything. And anyway, God did a really cool thing there, dropped that blood pressure. A nurse was there that's a believer that was just, she stuck her head in and she said, you know, are you, are you guys praying? Are you guys in there praying over that blood pressure? They're freaking out out here. The doctors are freaking out because it just dropped like that. So anyway, I'm not going to tell you that one. Um, so the other thing that happened, you know, some of you know, first of all, I broke my foot in the spring and had to be off my feet for nine weeks plus. And uh, even after that, couldn't run a chainsaw or do any of that. And we, you know, we heat with wood. We have some backup heat, but we never use it unless we're going out of town. It's way too expensive. So it's a big deal in our life to, to have our wood supply for the winter. And so many, many times over the years, we've you know, been cutting one place and that's all cut out. And we didn't know where the wood was going to come from next year, but it always does. It does every year. Well, one of my thoughts in May was, Ugh, you know, I'm not going to be able to cut wood this year until really late at best. And as it turns out, with all the rest of this, couldn't do it at all. So anyway, it was a concern, but we both had such a peace about it. It was like, God's provided our wood for 30 years. I mean, you know, it's just not going to be a big deal. Well, the first thing that happened was a neighbor across the road, his wife decided she didn't want any more wood stove and they had wood left from several years ago. So one day during this, uh, he just comes over and says, hey, you guys, you know, come over and cut up our wood pile. You can have our our wood. And it was right across the road. So we didn't have to go anywhere, didn't have to do anything, just go across the road, cut it up, bring it over. Then there were two different instances where we never buy wood. We always go out and cut it. And there were two different instances where we ended up being able, we did have to spend some money on it, but we had the money. And, and both of these things came up for these different supplies of wood, just way, way cheaper than what people usually pay for wood around here. And they just came up, you know, and, and just found these things and, okay, you can, you can get this. And, and we did. We had to spend a little bit of money on it, but it was a fraction of what you'd usually do, you know, getting wood delivered to your house. It was delivered, too. And one of the neighbors let us put a big, you know, a, a truckload on their property because we don't have room. And, and Karen was talking to him one day and he says, well, you guys don't have room for that. Why don't you just put it here on our property? So, I mean, it was just so cool. And then I won't mention names, uh, but... One day we showed, we still needed a certain, we needed some Douglas fir because it's the hotter wood. So one day we look over there and here's a pile of Douglas fir delivered in our yard that we had, you know, and we, twice people came, same people, 
I'm not going to point out because they might be in this room, came and delivered. And I mean, that is a ton of work to do that. I know what goes into that. And so there was our whole wood supply just supplied for this year. And so, you know, what God has done, he'll do again. I wouldn't mind if that happened every year for the rest of my life. Anyway, praise God. It was so good and it was so neat. And we knew in our hearts it was going to happen. So yeah, praise God. All right. Well, these guys have asked to be first. So thank you. Yeah, go ahead. We can clap. It's God doesn't get mad at that. It's still there. Just give it. So yeah, we have a lot to be thankful for, and um, we're going to just share a few things, and I'm going to share a couple, and I'll pass it on to my wife. Um, So uh, we are very thankful um, for all the great things that God has been doing in our lives, and one of of them is Beatrice, this little one here. He's really blessed us with this life, and um, Logan had a problem-free labor, and it was relatively fast and, and painless. And we have we have a lot of help with that, which was fantastic. And the other thing is, uh, we just recently purchased a house, which um, is fantastic. And we're so we just we're so happy with the house that we we got. And we just can't um, thank God for all the help that He really sent our way, finances and just the labor is amazing. All the help that we've gotten, and we're just so overwhelmed with with that. And so. Now my wife is going to share a few more things. Um, one thing that I'm super thankful, my parents just bought a lodge in Cedar Edge, which is not anything particularly special, except that they, my parents are not believers, and they purchased this lodge from strong Christians, and they hired strong Christians to be their managers. So I am just praying that God is using this to bring them to him. And, um, and my parents, like, they're just like, this. We, we bought a Christ-centered lodge. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> cool, Mom. So, um, so that's one thing that's just huge, and we'll just continue praying for their hearts. Um, and the other thing is uh, God gave me a heart for missions, and in this season of life, I am home with kids. But he has made open so many doors for the book that I wrote to go all around the world. I've had a friend um, take it to... Uh, Indonesia, where she was leading a retreat for some missionaries there. She took some to Ecuador, where she was leading another retreat. Um, Shirley just took some to the Dominican Republic. Teresa's going to take some to South Africa. And and even here in Gunnison, um, I gave them out to the trick-or-treaters on Halloween. So even though I am in a season of life at home, God is so much bigger than that and is um, just putting it on people's hearts to take it wherever they're going, and, and it's changing lives. So that's very exciting. So thanks, God. And when they got that house, I selflessly thought, oh, good, now they're, they're staying in Gunnison. So. <laughs> All right, who wants to be next? Come on up, Nanette. I got to stand up all the way through worship today. I'm thankful for that. All right, so um, this has actually been a very big year for us. Um, I, yesterday, I actually, for the first time, and I can't tell you how long. Yes, I do have a very long list. Sorry, everybody. Um, but anyway, yesterday I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. I have a whole bunch of free time, and I'll get to why that is. Um, but God reminded me to go back through my journals from the year. Um, and as I was going back through my journals, I just realized how big God has been this last year. Um, So we've been seeing the last couple of weeks, nothing can change what you said. Um, Forever God is faithful, and I will wait upon you. And this testimony is going to cover all of that. Um, The first thing I am most thankful for is God changes us from who we were to who he created us to be. And that is huge for me right now because I remember that person, and I only remember that person, so I never walk away from God. Um, But had I been that old person and not the new person, uh, none of these these blessings would have happened this year. 
And I can say that honestly because I do know who I was. So the first one was um, I was having huge foot problems. The Lord finally showed me a doctor, sent me to a doctor who was able to fix it. I'm able to walk. The summer was amazing at work. I could get around campus. I didn't have to be on a wheel cart. Didn't have to have the wheel cart during the winter. Um, and then we had vehicle trouble. And to get out of this valley in the wintertime, you kind of have to have four-wheel drive. So the Lord showed us a truck, and Corey was blessed to be able to get a truck. So now we're back to having four-wheel drive. Um, let's see, what was the next one? I got to spend a large amount of time with both of my adult children in the same vehicle. <laughs> you guys laugh at this, but it was because they can't run away. They can't walk away. They can try to ignore you. They can't do it in a vehicle. <laughs> um, and then summer came and I got to spend an entire trip in a vehicle to Michigan with my oldest one, which was great. We got to have great conversation. I got to just pour into him again. He isn't listening yet, but I know those seeds were planted. Um, so then I come to um, the next part of everything. I think I'm forgetting something, but we're just going to go on. So a long time ago, um, Corey's graduated, been graduated for almost two years now, but before he was done, we had homeschooled, and the Lord had started talking to me about going back to school. Me being me, I said, okay, Lord, I'll do that, but I need you to do this, and it needs to look like this, and it has to be like this. The Lord did all of that. With all of that said, I am now graduated. I have finished school. I have finished school a little bit over a year. Um, there was a lot there. Um, and now to the next huge thing. Um, several years ago, I went through a really, really bad spell at work. I wanted to leave. I kept telling the Lord, I want to leave. Why am I still here? He kept talking to me to stay. And I remember one distinct time, a couple of personality conflicts I was having, he told me, you'll be there long after they're gone. And I went, okay. He has come through on his word. I am there after those personality conflicts have gone. And not only that, I have now gotten a promotion at work. So. And I have one more. This year I was thinking about Parents' Day Out, and I'm looking at everything that's going on in my life, and I'm like, Lord, I can't do this. I can't do this effectively in the way that we need to do this. So I asked the Lord what to do with that, and he told me to get a group of people together. So I put that out there to the church, and I had some very wonderful people step up, and they have just taken over. I don't have to worry about it. They're on top of it way better than I would have ever been. So I want to say thank you to those that have stepped up to organize Parents' Day Out for me. And last but not least, Corey, thank you so much. I could not have made it through this last year without you. So I'm so thankful for you. All right, thank you. You guys want to come up? You can, you can be next. Be ready to come up when these guys are done. Also, just real quick, Boyd and Cheryl Lee texted me this morning, and he said, we're headed out of town, but we're really thankful for our MCM family, to which I responded, heathens, and that was it. So, all right. All right, uh, just give you a little little backstory of uh, what I'm so most thankful for, uh, obviously my family here, but uh, uh, just to sort of understand, I... Um, Grew up sort of rough and grew up in a legalistic church, and uh, I spent 42 years of uh, thinking I had to do something to get something, uh, and uh, this past year has been sort of crazy uh, for us. I read this uh, book, uh, or John made me read this book, <laughs> that was uh, Andrew Womack's uh, How to Find, Fulfill, Follow God's Will, I believe, and through that, I remember distinctly the thing that stood to me most was... He was talking about his relationship with God and stuff, and he had a blurb. It was only like this much, and all it said is, yeah, like one time my son died, and five hours later, he was raised from the dead, and he went on to the next thing, and I was just like, <laughs> like, that should be a whole book, 
what do you mean? But that was just the experiences in the life that he was living with his relationship with God. And so I sort of changed my focus, and um, I realized, I mean, I'm still working on it, but God just wants a relationship with, it, with us. He doesn't want anything. He's already done everything. He just wants me. Uh, and that was very difficult for me to accept, to understand. Uh, and so with all that, uh, been just wanting to know him more, reading nothing of, hey, I read, so it should be a good day today. Uh, and it's just insane some of the things that have happened. Uh, I can remember distinctly when we moved to Oregon, that was 100% on our behalf. And we pushed it. We made it happen. And it wasn't the greatest experience. Um, and then when I had to come back, I had to take a, a salary decrease. But my, and everybody knows the housing, um, but the exact dollar amount of the salary decrease that I came back was the exact dollar amount that I saved on rent. Uh, so that made it up. I remember I was telling the girls, uh, we live up past Ohio City, so uh, animals disappear sometimes. And we're telling the girls, uh, we're telling the girls after like three or four days, one of our cats was missing. And so I was like, well, we should probably tell them about Willie. And, and so we sat them all down, and we were like, hey, I got to tell you about Willie. He's been gone for three or four days. They, the girls didn't even let me finish. They started running around the house. God healed him. He's coming back. Don't worry. And I'm like, you're not really getting the message right now. Uh, and uh, nine days later, the cat returned completely covered in dirt like he'd been buried. Uh, skinny. He just sat by the water, just drank water for hours at a time. Uh, and I remember after I talked, the girls went away. I told Laura, if that cat comes back, it had to be raised from the dead. And sure enough, nine days later, uh, comes back. Uh, recently, I just got promoted at the store, the store manager. Uh, and for the first time in the history of the company, I didn't have to do an interview. They just called me in. Do, they did a restructure. They just called me in and said, congratulations. The store is yours. Uh, and it's not... I think the biggest thing is, like, it wasn't I was, hey, God, I'm doing all these things. It just, I just, every day I just want to know him more. And in that, it's just insane. Uh, it doesn't mean there's not uh, things that come up. Uh, eight months ago, God told me to work on food. Obviously, I'm still working on it. Uh, you know, 25 employees left this week to go home for Thanksgiving. Uh, I don't know what God's plan is, but he has a plan. Uh so I just wanted to speak about uh, the things that we've seen, because uh, I didn't believe in that stuff. I believed everything I read in the Bible. I'll see it someday when I get to heaven, but we're down here on earth, and then someday we'll be up there, and we'll get to see all this stuff. And uh, it's been a crazy year of just realizing, no, he wants it here, uh, and it's real. Um, and so that's sort of our story, my story. <laughs> I don't have a lot to add to that, but just on top of the promotion and everything, we knew things were going to be changing, and we were sure we were moving. Like, there's no way they're going to send Kevin anywhere. We were, we were going somewhere. And I was like, oh, no, we've got – I just committed to Parents' Day out. I just told Nanette that I'd help with the Christmas program. We've got – I'm tutoring for our homeschool co-op. I've got all this stuff going on. We're going to let everybody down. But we didn't let anybody down because we're not going anywhere, and this is where God needs us to be right now. But – that wasn't even what I was going to touch on. So I had uh, surgery last, last week, two weeks ago, two weeks, week and a half ago. Um, well, two weeks tomorrow. Uh, had a deviated septum fixed. And I've never been put under general anesthesia before. I wasn't at all worried about that. The only thing I was worried about was having to take narcotics because I have never had to do that before. And Joel's got to be back at work the next day. And I've got to take care of kids. And I can't be cloudy-headed. And... and that was my, my one fear. Um, and I was like, ah, oh, maybe I'll just be able to get by with Advil or something. But, but I couldn't. But I only had to take half of a pill. And it didn't make me feel dizzy at all. It didn't make me feel cloudy. I was a little tired, but functional. And the pain was super minimal. Um, God knew just that I needed to take care of the kids and what I needed to get through the surgery. And my follow-up appointment uh, last Thursday, the doctor was amazed at how well my nose looks, how clear it is, 
I can breathe. I can eat with my mouth closed. I can sleep without snoring. I can sing. All these amazing things that you don't even realize are hindered when you can't breathe through your nose. So um, God, God got us through that amazingly. So. Awesome. Good stuff. And I'm going to tell on them just a little bit. So, so for years, you know, we've had these discussions where, you know, they just knew there's no way. You know, he, he had in his heart to be a general manager at, at one of those stores. There's no way that's going to happen in Gunnison. It's just impossible. And I know Karen's had that conversation with Laura. I've had it with, uh, with what's his name over there, a number of times. Joel, thank you. And... Uh, and anyway, and we'd say, you know, I don't know. We've just seen God. If, if you're supposed to be here, God can open doors. And it'll just change. It'll, it won't look like it's going to happen. And then one day it happens. And that was, he had texted me that week that, oh, this meeting's coming up. And they've restructured. And, you know, one of the assistants is gone. And then I get the text on Friday. I was actually at City Market. I get the text that, well, you've been telling me for years. And I'm the general manager. So anyway. God's good, and I just say that as an encouragement to everybody. You want to live here? God will open doors. Don't give up on it. You ready? Come on up. Uh-oh, we got a whole group? All right. Come on up, girl. I'm thankful for my grandma because when I was in the apartment with my parents, she and my grandpa came to save me. I'm thankful for all you guys because um, you ju you guys just make me feel better when I'm here. Yeah. I'm thankful for my teachers. And I'm thankful for you too because every time I hurt myself, they come running up and want to pray for me, and I appreciate that. So, all right, who else? Come on up, Josh. <laughs> um, well, so I guess, I, I mean, the majority of you know me. Um, <laughs> but uh, I've been off at college at CU Boulder this last semester. And um, my family probably knows this story more than anybody. But uh, it's not where I thought I was supposed to be. <laughs> I was like... This is not it. Like, see you, Boulder. Like, <laughs> are you sure? Like, <laughs> I was ready to go off to like the Pacific Northwest and go to Oregon, and I was set to go. Like, uh, my mom and I were talking. We had gone the summer before. We were like, we're going to Oregon. Like, I'm gonna go to college in Oregon. And about a month and a half before it was about time for me to like leave, I was like, something doesn't quite feel right. Like, it doesn't quite seem where I'm supposed to be. And I was like, all right, so where am I supposed to go? And over the next week, like, CU Boulder kept coming back up and everything. And I was like, CU Boulder? Like, God, like, CU Boulder? <laughs> Are you sure? And I, I was like, okay, all right, whatever. Um, you know what, we're going. <laughs> and I hadn't even visited the school um, except once. And I committed to it and I just went. And I was like, all right, this is going to be rough. I got there, and from the moment that I moved in, it was like God's anointing was everywhere. The people who moved me in were a part of a Christian group on campus. Um, they saw that I had a Bible in my stuff, and they lost it. They were like, you're coming to Bible study tonight. Let's go. And um, from that moment then, it turned out where I had, uh, I had actually uh, parked my truck, like across from my dorm. And it was right in front of a pastor's house <laughs> um, in Boulder that was actually the pastor of the church that Elena recommended to me. Um, and it was just crazy because from the moment that I showed up, God was just like, you were going to go to Oregon. <laughs> and like, now you're in Boulder. And I mean, every week for as long as I've been in Boulder, like, God has just been so great. <laughs> um, it was so crazy that today that John read us uh, Galatians 2.20, because that's the verse that's been put on my heart this whole semester. Um, you know, just to be crucified in Christ. And it's so cool because I've gotten the opportunity to, to truly live that out. And 
that's amazing. Yeah. Good stuff. Thanks, Josh. Barb, you want to come up? And he promised me this morning he's not going to any communist meetings or anything over there in the People's Republic of Boulder. I love to tease him. Never mind. Well, I have many things to be thankful for, but um, I, I would like to share this one with you because it really impacted me more than anything or one of the most important things this year. Um, so anyway, earlier this, this year, I get in my, um, go into my garage and get my car out. And I said to myself, it would really be nice to have a workbench in my garage. You know, didn't really, I mean, not a necessity, wasn't, nothing was going to happen if I didn't. And um, never told anybody this thought that to myself. But a week later, I, I, the same thought came to my head as getting into my car and I'm going, you know, it'd really be nice to have a workbench in my garage. So a few days after that, I was at Boyd and Shirley's office and I left their office and was driving down their alley. And at the end of the alley, a guy had a sign out that said free. And he was hauling out of his garage what looked like a workbench. <clears throat> so I rolled down my window and I said, excuse me, what is that? And he goes, a workbench. <laughs> and so, um, and I said, and how much does it cost? And he said, free. <laughs> so I'm going, this is really strange. And so we opened the back of my Subaru. He helped me stick it in. I'm going driving home. I mean, the back of the Subaru is open and I'm going, this, this really can't be happening. I mean, I'm an older woman. I really don't need a workbench, you know. So uh, get to my <clears throat> house, put it in the spot that I was going to put it. And there's a one inch space on each side, fit in there perfectly. And I'm just kind of looking around going, you know, that was a part of God that I really didn't know, you know, that he was just revealing himself to me. Because the only one that knew that were he and I, you know, and I'm just going, that was so nice, you know. So um, I don't know if that just impacted me so much. So I just want, thanks for letting me share that. It's always great when he answers prayers you didn't pray. You know, he just, it's just awesome. Who else? Come on up, honey. Got to be quick. No, I don't mean that. I was just putting your hands up is what I mean. Um, so, Ladia's kind of bright right there. <laughs> Um, the Lord has done um, a lot of miracles in my life, and the big miracles began when I began to believe for specific things, and I kind of want to preach a little bit while I tell my testimony is just believe for what he has given us in his word to believe for. There's so many promises, but the promises sitting there don't happen automatically. They have to be taken. So I have a miracle in progress. It hasn't com been completed yet, but I just thought, you know what, getting up here, um, people will be asking me, what's going on with that? So um, I saw a promise in the Word like a month ago or more, and it says that the wealth of the wicked are laid up for the righteous. And I said, I'm taking it. Lord, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for me. And I took it, and that was my faith. I took it. Two weeks later, my uncle texts me. He says, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. You need to pursue your dad's music. My dad was a songwriter. He copyrighted all his music. And the Lord's telling me, pursue it. To be continued. <laughs> all right, cool. All right, we want to hear about that. Yeah, you, you too. Why don't you come up, Holly, and then Bob. We're past 11, but hopefully everybody's okay. All right, there's a couple things that I feel like um, God's asked me to put or put on my heart to share with you. And one of them is um, five years ago, I had a mission trip planned to Africa. Two months before that, um, I had a doctor's appointment, and I had been diagnosed with cancer. And she told me, you can't go to Africa, you'll die. Well, I rebuked that. I did not receive it. I went to Africa, and I am cancer-free today. So five years. Um, the other thing is, um, like Joel was saying, you know, if you want to be here, God will bless you. He'll, but even when you don't want to be here, <laughs> um, God blesses you. So <laughs> when, when um, 
after I got off the mission field several years ago, I knew God was calling me back to Colorado, and I thought I would be going to Grand Junction to help my sister with my mom, who's in assisted living. But he kept saying, Gunnison, Gunnison. And I'm like, no, I don't want to go back to Gunnison. I, you know, when I left here 35 years ago, I did not want to come back. Um, I do not like the cold. I liked the tropics where I was. And I was just like, no, I don't want to be here. So I grumbled and I complained and I grumbled and I complained for a long time, really. And um, God speaks to me when I walk. And um, I shared this at family tables the other night, but um, God clearly, clearly spoke to me. And I mean, I was crying. It's like, why do you have me here? I don't want to be here. I don't like the cold. I didn't want to be in Gunnison. And he tells me, he says, um, how can you expect me to send you someplace else when you can't be grateful for where you are? And I was like, oh, my, you know. And so gratitude and praise is a choice. So I had to speak over myself every morning and thank God for having me in Gunnison and um, that I choose to be grateful and that I bless what you're doing in my life here. And he has blessed me over and over and over again being here in Gunnison. Even when I was grumbling, there was blessings as I look back. So um, that's my, what I wanted to share this morning. Thanks, Holly. Come on up, Bob. We'll have time for one more after this, so you guys can fight over it. When John got up, he said he'd be brief, but he wasn't. I'll be brief. <laughs> uh, for the last 30 years, every winter, I've had winter depression. Uh, every winter, it's gotten a little bit worse. And my head says Gunnison's not the place to be if you have winter depression. But my heart says Gunnison is exactly the place to be. Um, I always attributed the depression to a totally failed marriage. Uh, this year, he's been showing me I totally messed up when I attributed it to the marriage. It was because of doctors. When I had polio, doctors told me, you defeat polio by pushing the muscles as hard as you can every day as every day you can. Well, this year I learned if you had polio, you need to conserve your muscles because you wear them out if you push them as hard as you can. And it causes fatigue if you push them too hard because you wear out the muscles and you wear out the nerves. So I went, I went to a post-polio clinic and they gave me two books and in the process of reading the books I found out I was totally blessed to have polio at two and a half instead of at age 10 because polio causes tremendous pain but I have no memory of it. I don't remember what happened when I was two and a half. And so coming into this winter with a little bit more hope, but also during the winter, I always have carbohydrate cravings. I want to eat <laughs> carbohydrates, wheat, oats, rice. I read a book recently. It said, don't eat wheat. No matter who you are, it's going to cause problems. So I quit eating wheat. I was feeling really good. Thursday, I submitted to my cravings. I ate wheat. I dropped into the worst depression I've ever had within an hour. I hated myself. I've never hated myself before. I hated myself because I submitted to my desire for the wheat. I also hated myself because a man had verbally abused me. I knew it was happening and I didn't confront him. I hated myself totally. I'm going into the winter this year saying, well, I'm gonna be wheat free, mostly grain free, and I'm gonna conserve the muscles and I will not have winter depression this year. Right. Stand with you on that one. If you, whoever. One more. Well, if it's only one more, anybody else really? 
So I just, um, you know, I didn't have a cat raised from the dead, which would have been cool, but um, I don't even have a cat. I don't know where he, uh, yeah. Anyway, I was talking to somebody recently. Uh, well, it was Duncan, but <laughs> he's really the only adult I talk to most days. Anyway, he, he works with a lot of athletes. He's a, he's a ski coach. He's head of the mountain sports program. So there's bikers and skiers and runners and the weird skiers that hurt themselves. And in the past, there's been people who struggle with anorexia. And there's another scenario of that happening right now. The girl's just withered. Ooh. And I said to him, I said, well, so-and-so seems healthy now. This girl who a few years ago had gone through this and was a runner and I said, has she overcome that to be healthy, or is she just managing in a different way? And you guys, <laughs> sorry, I don't know. I didn't mean to cry. Gosh, I hate this. He's going to get some tissues. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you guys are so sweet. <laughs> I love you guys. So he said, isn't that all anybody does is just learn to manage problems in a different way? And I was like, <gasps> no. And I just, my testimony today, no, I was never anorexic, but um, my testimony today is that the, and you guys have all said it in different ways, the word of God is true. And God says, if you will seek him and not conform to the opinions and the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, you are made, well, first of all, you're made new in Christ, but your mind, the way you think can be changed, repentance, so that, and I, I just look back, and it's nothing glamorous, but if I look back to where I was 22 years ago when I showed up here, it's a long time. Um, is the math right? I feel like it's been a long time. <laughs> when I look back at the fears and the struggles and the mindsets that I have day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, overcome, so that now when I see a problem arises, I don't think the same way about it. I think it, I look at it with victory. I look at it as a powerful person who can step into a situation and solve it with God. And does that make sense? I, I, I don't even know how else to explain it. You know, the, the finances, I don't look for a rescuer anymore to just sweep in and take care of all my issues. I go, I can build a business. I can invest. I can learn to save. I can learn to budget. Uh, I was going to point at my master friend budgeter, Logan, over there, but she's not there. You know, I can learn these new mindsets, and I can learn to think like heaven and actually be transformed and live in a different way. And that's a miracle, <laughs> even if it took me 22 years, and it will take me the rest of my life to fully get there. And until we see Christ, we won't fully be transformed like him, but we're getting there. And don't, there, you can be changed. You don't just manage these problems in different ways. You can be transformed by the word of God and by beholding him. That's all I have. That's good. All right. Thank you. Let's go, and, go ahead and stand up. I know there are many more, but uh, let's just receive that. And I'll just remind you again, take hold of those things. Think about them because they belong to you too. And Father, we thank you for that. We thank you that every, your, your word says that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Lord, everything we could possibly need, everything we need to become, everything we need to overcome, Lord, it is already in you. You have paid the price. These things are a free gift to us, and we just yield ourselves over to you, Lord, for you to, and, and Lord, help us to be aware of the wondrous things that you do and to think on them and to talk about them in our homes and as we walk down the road and as we gather together lord father we we pray that we have become increasingly a grateful people and lord i we thank you father for the rest of our church family for those who are on the road this weekend lord other friends and neighbors and things we just pray father that uh, those who are traveling this weekend, we believe, Lord, that you set your angels round about them, that you keep them in all of their ways, that you go before them and that you come behind them. Father, that their vehicles work, that they are not involved in accidents, they're only spectators to those things and helpers in those situations, Lord, that they dwell under the shadow of the Most High. 
We thank you for that, Father. We thank you for this time together, Lord, and all the things you do. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let's go out today, and we'll. Uh, there's some. I'm sure there's some goodies out there for everybody. So spend some time in fellowship. Say this on the count of three: Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. Will be dismissed. One, two, three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. Have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. Thank you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube.